0: today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh. God doesn't humble you. There's nowhere in the Bible where you're going to read,
1: God will humble you. No, it always says humble yourself. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Now, as one said, that's not to say that God may not deem it necessary to humiliate you when you're proud, but God will not humble you. You have to humble yourself. How do you humble yourself? Fasting. Does not prayer require humility?
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaniohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ezra. Considering the numerous references to humility and pride in the Bible, we can gather that this topic is important to our walk with God. As Pastor JD points out today, we must humble ourselves before Him. If we're to find favor with our Heavenly Father, we must come before Him with humility. And if we fail to do so, God will create situations in our lives to foster its development. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast. Or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Ezra chapter 8 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: For I was ashamed, verse 22, to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road, because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him, but his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. In other words, I already told the king, God's got this. God's hand is on us. So, verse 23, We fasted, and entreated our God for this, and these five words, I love these five words, I love these five words, I love these five words. And He answered our prayer. Okay. This is the answer. Remember the question that was on the table, that heretofore has remained Unanswered, the aforementioned question of how did they safely travel and make that 900 mile long treacherous journey without being robbed? How did they do that? Oh, answer, they humbled themselves in prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting, Ezra declared a public fast for God to grant them safe passage instead of trusting in the king to provide an escort. Now stay with me. Nehemiah, when we get to Nehemiah, he had a military escort from the king. No problem. Nothing wrong with that. But Ezra had already told the king that God's hand was upon him. Now, I want to recommend an outstanding book on the subject of prayer and fasting. It's by Derek Prince, who's now home with the Lord, went home to be with the Lord in 2003. The title of it, it's it's not going to be, you know, (laughs) the title is uncomfortable. Because anytime you talk about prayer and fasting, I mean, I'd rather, you know, let's be honest, and you're a lot like me, I'm going to venture to say, wouldn't you much rather get a book and buy a book that's titled Seven Keys to a Happy Life? Can we talk? No, this, you know what this book is titled? Shaping History Through Prayer and Fasting. I think I shared this and I, and I'm, maybe tonight's not the time, but maybe a topic for another time. I've shared how that God is bringing me to that place in my walk with Him where I'm learning anew the power of prayer and fasting. Do you know how powerful prayer and fasting is? I cannot even begin to tell you. And you know, one of the things that, and I've heard, men of God. In fact, Derek Prince, there's a YouTube video of uh, teaching of his that is just, I mean, wow, just wow. That's the only word I can come up with. And here's a guy that would fast one day a week. This isn't legalism. Please don't, don't, don't do that, okay? He would fast one day a week. And he said there was a season in his life where he got so busy and he couldn't fast. And he said it was disastrous. <laughs> and he never stopped fasting again. That's just what God had called him to do. But because of what he was doing in the ministry that God had called him to, he fasted and prayed one. And by the way, there's different kinds of fasts. And don't, you have to be careful with this because medically you can, you can actually, you know, it can be dangerous. You know, there are fasts where you just, you know, liquids only, uh, you fast from certain types of foods. You 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 abstain from, deny yourself of those you know foods that you really love. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes it's just you know a vegetable fast, no meat. I mean, there's different kinds of fasting. When I fast, I'll I'll just do a liquid fast and no food. Oh, it's so hard, but you know, you deny yourself. You deny yourself. And here's what happens when you fast. You humble yourself. And I want to talk about the connection between humility and fasting more in just a moment. But I want to share with you a little bit about what he says. Because in it he refers to this passage in Ezra that we just read. And listen to what he writes. Ezra did something that you and I sometimes do. By testifying to the king, he put himself in a position where he had to live up to his own testimony. You know how, have you ever done that? Where he said, my God will provide. Oh God, you're going to provide, right? That's kind of what happened here. He says to the king, our God will grant us safe passage.
2: Oh God, you're going to provide us safe
1: passage, right? We don't want to get robbed. He writes, By testifying to the king, he put himself in a position where he had to live up to his own testimony. He had told the king, We are the servants of the living God. Our God protects us and supplies our needs. They had to make a long journey through a country infested by savage tribes and by bandits. In addition to their wives and children, they had with them the sacred vessels of the temple. What a prey for bandits. The question arose, how were they to be protected on their way from Babylon to Jerusalem? Should Ezra go to the king and ask him for an escort of soldiers and horsemen? No doubt the king would have granted this request. But Ezra felt ashamed to make it because he had already testified to the king that their God, the true and living God, would protect those who served him. At this point, Ezra and the returning exiles made a vital decision. They would not rely on soldiers and horsemen for their protection, but on the supernatural power of God. There would not have been anything morally wrong in accepting an escort from the king, but it would have been depending on carnal means. Instead, by collective prayer and fasting, they committed themselves to seeking their help and protection solely from the spiritual realm of God's power, and God honored it. God honored it. He goes on to write, And this is really interesting. I didn't know about this. The pilgrims used this very passage in Ezra that we just read, where Ezra declared a public fast. The pilgrims, this very passage, used that to declare a public fast prior to their safe Passage to America, which in and of itself was a treacherous journey as well. Prince writes this very interesting, listen. One distinctive practice employed by the pilgrims to achieve their spiritual goals was that of united public prayer and fasting. Let let me just say this parenthetically I, and I speak of myself as a pastor. Pastor and church have yet to see the power of God in a public declaration of prayer and fasting. I believe that we would just be so changed for life if we were ever to be a part of a public time of prayer and fasting. We could see God do miracles. And oh, by the way, God does miracles. God does miracles. He says of Ezra, being ready to depart, they had, of the pilgrims, being ready to depart, they had a day of solemn humiliation. Taking this text from Ezra 8, 21, Prince notes that the use of the word humiliation indicates that the pilgrims understood the spiritual connection, the scriptural connection, the scriptural connection to what? Fasting and humility. When you fast, you're humbling yourself before God. What does God say about the humble? He gives grace to the humble. He exalts the humble. He humbles the exalted. He exalts the humble. Please, know that there is this inseparable connection between humbling oneself when one fasts. When you fast, you humble yourself before God. It's self-humbling, this connection between fasting and self-humbling. Interesting to note, God doesn't humble you. There's nowhere in the Bible where you're going to read, God will humble you. No, it always says, humble yourself. Humble yourself. In the sight of the Lord. Now, as one said, that's not to say that God may not deem it necessary to humiliate you when you're proud, but God will not humble you. You have to humble yourself. How do you humble yourself? Fasting. Does not prayer require humility? Effective prayer. (laughs) You know, prayer that doesn't bounce off the ceiling. You know, we can pray with arrogance. God doesn't hear those prayers. He He resists the proud. He knows the proud from afar off. When there's pride, God just says, get away from me. I I can't, I won't hear that prayer if there's pride. But when we humble ourselves in prayer and fasting, and we humble ourselves, it's like, God, okay, what do you need? Oh, I need safe passage. I got my wife and my children, and we got all of these men and their families. We've got all of this gold and all of this silver and all of this money. And I told the king that you'll protect us. And so um, will you do that? Yes. And that's what they did. And that's what the pilgrims did. They did it in Holland when they left England before they came to America. Based on Ezra chapter 8. They declared this public fast. The choice of the text from Ezra is singularly appropriate. Both in motivation and in experience, there is a close parallel between the pilgrims embarking on their journey to the new world and Ezra's company of exiles returning from Babylon to Jerusalem to help in the restoration of the temple. One last thing on fasting, and I want to quote uh, G. Campbell Morgan and Adam Clark on Ezra. Very good. Fasting does not convince God or talk God into doing what you want him to do. That's not what fasting is. Fasting is saying, okay, Lord, I humble myself before you. Remember when the the disciples tried to cast a demon out of a boy and the dad's like, you guys, stop, you're killing me here. So the, the dad takes the boy to Jesus and the disciples are going, Jesus, we couldn't cast this demon out of this boy. It makes you wonder what in the world did you do to this kid, right? And Jesus says something very interesting. He says, uh, hey, guys, this only comes out by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Fasting is a humbling of oneself There's Actually, I want to talk about that one more time in Psalms. G. Callum Morgan said this about Ezra. God never fails those who act in full dependence on himself and so in complete independence of all others. And that's what happens when you fast. You're saying to the Lord, Lord, I'm completely relying upon you. I'm denying myself. I'm humbling myself. I'm crying out to you. I'm looking to you. I'm trusting in you. Oh, (laughs) music to the ears of God. It's exactly what he wants to hear. Not because he's God and I want you to come to that place where you have to trust in me. No, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to protect you. You think I want you to get robbed? Are you kidding me? Adam Clark had this to say. Thus we see that this good man, speaking of Ezra, had more anxiety for the glory of God than for his own personal safety. Wow. How's that one? He cared more about God getting all the glory. We're trusting in our God for safe passage, king. He had more concern for the glory of God than he did for his own safety. Wow, that's faith. That's faith. Psalm 35, verse 13. You might want to mark this down and then maybe uh, take some time uh, with it later. This is the connection between fasting and humbling oneself. Psalm 35, verse 13. Yet when they were ill, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself. How? How? With fasting. How did you humble yourself? With fasting. That's how you humble yourself? Yeah. With fasting. And listen to this when my prayers return to me unanswered. What? You mean that the prayers heretofore without fasting weren't answered? Yeah. So when my prayers return to me, Unanswered, that's when, when I humbled myself with fasting. That means that when he humbled himself with fasting, those prayers no longer returned unanswered. Can I say it this way? When you fast and pray, when you humble yourself before God with fasting, he'll answer that prayer. I can testify. I can testify in my own personal life that when I have prayed and fasted, God has answered that prayer because I fasted. I fasted. Prayer and fasting. Well, let's move on. Verse 24, we'll bring it to an end. And I separated twelve of the leaders of the priests, Sherobiah, Hashabiah, ten of their brethren with them, and weighed out to them the silver, the gold, the articles, the offering for the house of our God, which the king and his counselors and his princes and all Israel who were present had offered. I weighed into their hands six hundred and fifty talents of silver. That's a lot of talents. <laughs> That might be tons too. Silver articles weighing 100 talents, 100 talents of gold. Wow. 20 gold basins worth a thousand drachmas, two vessels of fine polished bronze, precious as gold. And I said to them, You are holy to the Lord. The articles are holy also. And the silver and the gold are a free will offering to the Lord God of your fathers. Watch and keep them until you weigh them before the leaders of the priests and the Levites and the heads of the fathers' houses of Israel and Jerusalem in the chambers of the house of the Lord. So, verse 30, the priests and the Levites receive the silver and the gold and the articles by weight to bring them to Jerusalem to the house of our God. Uh, what's what's going on here? What's this about? Well, this is and speaks to an important biblical principle having to do with financial accountability. That's what's going on here. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of this, especially when it comes to the ministry within the local church. Let me say, and I hope you know this, that we as a church have numerous checks and balances to ensure financial integrity here at Calvary Chapel Cuneyohe. No check over five hundred dollars can have only one signature on it; has to have two signatures. We have two or more people counting the ties and offerings, and there, there's a signature there. We have all of these checks and balances, and it's for their protection too. And we are very careful when it comes to. Financial integrity. By the way, I think I've mentioned this before. I don't know who gives how much. I don't want to know. I don't. I don't want to know that because that's you know that's between you and the Lord. That's between you and the Lord, right? So we have all of those kinds of checks and balances in place for the purpose of financial accountability. Well, verse thirty-one that we departed from the river of Ahava on the twelfth day of the first month to go to Jerusalem. And here it is again. The hand of our God was upon us, and He delivered us from the hand of the enemy, and from ambush along the road. So we came to Jerusalem and stayed there three days. Now on the fourth day the silver and the gold and the articles were weighed in the house of our God by the hand of Meremoth the son of Uriah, the priest. And with him was Eliezer, the son of Phinehas. With them were the Levites. Jezebel, the son of Jeshua. And Noadiah, the son of Benui, with the number and weight of everything. All the weight was written down at that time, exactly as was needing to happen. The children, verse 35, of those who had been carried away captive, who had come from the captivity, offered burnt offerings to the God of Israel. Twelve bulls for all Israel, ninety-six rams, seventy-seven lambs, and twelve male goats as a sin offering. All this was a burnt offering to the Lord. And they delivered the king's orders to the king's satraps and the governors in the region beyond the river. So they gave support to the people and the house of God. And that's how the chapter ends. It ends with this accounting of all the silver, all the gold, as well as an accounting of all the burnt offerings that were made to God. And lest anyone think that this is just, again, nebulous information, Let me hasten to say it's here for a reason, very good reason. And that very good reason is, and and you'll notice it when we read free will offering. They gave freely. Can I say this? They gave cheerfully. And God loves a cheerful giver. And to me, that marks a profound change in the hearts of God's people. Those 1,500 men and all their families who arrived safely after praying and fasting and seeing the hand of God protect them supernaturally. I imagine they had the heavenly host encamped around about them, flaming swords. Nobody dare mess with them. God was protecting them, and they arrived safely, and they knew God got them there safely because God answered their prayer, and their fasting, and they're praising God. For all that he had done, his hand upon them, his blessing upon them, and they wanted to give to God joyfully, cheerfully. Thank you, God. A free will offering. You have been so good to us. Here we are back in Jerusalem. The temple is rebuilt. You have provided so much. And so they give of these offerings. You know, giving changes the heart of the giver giving changes the heart of the giver
0: we love the insight pastor jd brings to this series as he digs into the book of ezra we hope you've learned a lot but more than that we hope that this radio program helps to draw you closer to jesus prayer is very important to us here at in spirit and truth we want you to know that we continually pray for our listeners We'd like to invite you to be praying with us as this powerful ministry goes out over the air. Pray for this spirit to work in the hearts and minds of the people who will hear Pastor J.D.'s message and pray that we will always seek the Father's will for this program. If you enjoyed today's message and want to hear more from Pastor J.D. Farag, find us online at inspiritandtruthradio.com and click listen at the top of the page. We have so many ways for you to connect with us, including our Facebook and YouTube pages, where we'd love to have you join the conversation. Pastor J.D. also has a convenient way for you to stay connected.
1: Yes, I do, Josh. You can download the In Spirit and Truth mobile app on any device and listen anywhere anytime our app includes our studies through the bible book by book chapter by chapter and verse by verse as well as our bible prophecy updates many are finding the mobile app to be very helpful in this fast-paced world in which we live to find the link to our app you can go to inspiritandtruthradio.com
0: thanks pastor jd that's all the time we have for today but be sure to join us again May your day and week be blessed as you continue to grow in spirit and truth.